Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. And I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Jeremy Delk. You are a venture capitalist, serial entrepreneur, and you are found on the web at jeremydelk.com. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. Excited to be here. You are also the author of the book, Without a Plan, which we'll be talking about. Uh, But Jeremy, what is your big impact? I mean, obviously you do a lot of speaking, you're you're working with uh, organizations, but how would you describe your impact in the work that you do today? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it just really kind of you know, paying it forward and and just telling, you know, my story, that was really the antithesis of the book, right? It started off very much memoir, or I'm sorry, but it started off very much business book. And then I kind of like shelved it for a while because it just felt a bit disingenuine because I was only telling and really good stories and tactical and, and use cases on things I've overcome and Inc. 500 companies and, you know, phenomenal successes and failures, but it was only half the story. So it was important for me to kind of share that other side, which is the personal side, because, you know, let's face it, you know, all of us that are entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, so much of what we do every single day, we take home with us and we have, you know, the family component. So it then transitioned into a memoir um, bit as well, where I shared, yeah, and I got really vulnerable. I talked a lot about, you know, personal uh, struggles and coming through and family, and then, you know, just my journey as an individual so that's what I really love doing now is kind of sharing, you know, you know, really what your purpose is, right? Because for me, a long time, I was making a ton of money and um, I, I probably use that the whole idea of, you know, trying money to try to buy happiness and buy the cars and the watches and all those things. And I was, wasn't really kind of getting down to the core of what, you know, drove me and what was important to me. So I try to help entrepreneurs now, yeah, overcome business struggles and all these things, but sometimes you know, they're in their own way or they're thinking about something the wrong, the wrong way. And I, and I help shed a different light on it, which is uh, it's a ton of fun and very satisfying. So if money does, or if happiness doesn't come from money, where does it come from? Well, I think it, it's, it's different, right? I mean, and I think, you know, life I'm, is, I'm, I know that I'm asking a little bit of a silly question there. Yeah, just, no, for sure. <laughs> it, it varies for everybody. I mean, I think I heard someone say, you know, um, you know, um, Money without money, um, you know, you know, life's hard with money. Um, it's nearly impossible without it. So, money is a huge tool, and 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 having resources gives you access and flexibility. And you know, I I think I do work towards that to have that stability. Um, but I look at it as a byproduct, right? So I can have experiences and spend time, like you know, my mother and grandmother are coming over tonight with my brother, and like we have a big dinner and everything. So like th- those things to be able to have that luxury, to be able to have those experiences with people you love and care about, um, are important to me. But they don't always have to be, you know, extravagant ski trips and these things. It could just be, you know, a road trip or an outdoor picnic, and just having that freedom to make sure you're the one picking up and dropping your kids off at school. So I think for every person, it's different, but 
um, you know, now it's such a, you know, especially with social media and you got these influencers and fake influencers. I mean, you know, so often we compare ourselves to someone else and it's just, it's a shallow way to live because that person mm. probably is fucking happy. Right. So get down into your core of like, what is it that I want? I want to start a new business. I want to double my revenue. I, why do you want to do that? Is it to make impact socially? Is it like, what is your why? And, and it's a shitty thing to look at. It's, sometimes it's hard as humans. We're very good at like being surfaced and lying to ourselves because it's not always easy or pleasant to, to have that introspective approach. But if you spend the time to do it, um, it's life so much more satisfying. Uh, you, one thing that, that you uh, work with leaders and you speak about, and it's in your book uh, is this, you know, it's just, um, you know, taking action versus being either paralyzed with fear or just wanting to not make mistakes. What are your kind of best practices or guidelines for, um, yeah, you know, know kind of where you're going. Like, how do we, how much preparation is too much preparation because we don't want to make a mistake or certainly don't want to waste time, lose resources, you know, burn bridges, whatever it is, uh, versus we're paralyzed. We don't take any action. Like how, how do we know how much is preparation is enough? And now we just need to go out and do the thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, the title of the book is without a plan and the subtitle is a memoir of unbound action and failing my way to success. So I think the first piece is, you know, our, our perspective on failure. I think at a very young age, we're all taught, you know, you fail in school or you fail and like that failure is this bad thing. And I just think the exact opposite. I, I, I run towards failure. I think, you know, failure huh. is where the magic and the, and, and the, and most of the learning really happens, right? I'm more successful now than I was 20 years ago, only because I failed a fucking lot, man, right? That, that's really it. I, I'm, I'm good because I went through and had all these experiences. So that's number one. Um, and number two, like, you know, I think some of the best ideas, you know, never get off the ground because people suffer from what you're describing, like this, you know, yeah. paralysis by analysis, and they're trying to figure everything out. And I really believe that that could actually be an hindrance as opposed to a positive, because you're trying to plan out 20 steps ahead based on information you have right now. And we're wired that if we have this 17 point plan, that when we get to that point and we plan to go left, we, we're more resistant to, to vary from that plan because that was our plan. But in the reality, you have so much more information at step 17 then, present day, than you did six months ago when you were prime. So as opposed to getting there and like, all right, now I've got new information, I'm, I'm armed with stuff, you're, you're more open to kind of going through. So I'm very much of just take a step. I'm wired differently to kind of just go all in and I just, I just try it and it works or it doesn't work and I don't get emotional about it. Some people aren't as aggressive as me, but you have to make a deal with yourself like, hey, let's do this step or let me kind of go and push this that's a little bit uncomfortable and just get started. I don't care if it's, you know, going on social media and say, hey, this is my idea and social polling all of your friends and, you know, network or doing a prototype or whatever it is, but just try to do something. Um, you know, the worst thing you hear at a cocktail party, oh, I've got this great idea. It's going to change your world. Um, awesome, man. Um, when you came up with that, like, oh, two years ago and you've done nothing with it, right? That's the, that's the, uh, it's, it's just sad. 
you had a, a very interesting background in that you kind of uh, stumbled upon some success pretty early in life. How did both your blue collar upbringing and some of those pretty early successes, how did those shape you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, you know, looking retrospectively, it's, you know, hindsight's 2020, as they say, right? So, um, you know, a lot of the lessons that I think I learned and now seem much more profound, and I don't think I realized them in the moment, but I think, you know, I lost my dad to an accident, a tragic motorcycle accident when I was around seven. And we went from, you know, typical, um, you know, stability, family, loving, nuclear environment to massive instability. A lot of that was from lack of financial resources. My mom was a young mother, loses the love of her life, two young kids, seven and two. So it's tragic in that event, losing your dad. What what st sticks with you is the aftermath much longer, right? Because it was two or three years of that real, really true instability. Um, and I think that gave me a lot of drive. Um, a, to have resources, right? Because I never wanted to be in a situation, put my kids in a situation where we didn't have financial resources to be able to go through. So I think that gave me a ton of motivation to go and make money, even though I don't know what I was going to do with it. And I think it's really been, you know, one of the best things for me because I had to live with it for so long. I'm not special, right? I mean, you, every one of your listeners, someone has experienced loss of a child, a parent, a grandparent, a friend. We all have experienced loss and death to a degree. And we are quickly reminded that life's short, but again, one of those things we don't like to think about. And I had to really kind of go in there and you, you, I'll tell the story towards the end of the book that I was supposed to be on the bike with my dad. Mm. So that has been like, I'm, I'm on, you know, you know, I'm on, you know, free time right now that maybe I wasn't supposed to have. So I try to suck as much out of it. So if it's worth doing, do it now. And I think, um, I'm not trying to be morbid and try and talk about like, you know, negative things, but just think about that. Like if it's worth it, something doing, do it now, go through, experience it, take on new opportunities, say yes, just go. And that's, you only get one chance at this game called life. And I think that, that, uh, that shaped me, um, the success you're talking about, you know, I took an inheritance and, um, took $30,000 from my dad dying, built it to 2 million bucks um, when I was 19, um, which was pretty cool. Um, but I yeah. lost it about four days. I blew it up in four days um, in the dot-com crash. So that lesson, me losing it all was actually better for me than making the 2 million because it taught me humility and it taught me like, um, what are you gonna do, kid? Like I'd bought, I'd bought toys, I'd had a condo and I'd bought, I had all these things and I had expenses. So I could either pack it in and go home with my mom or get out and hustle. And as I say in the book, get out and make rent. And I chose the latter and, you know, that, that, that didn't define me. That event did not define me. It, 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 um, it helped shape and give me a platform to go do what I do today. It's hard to know for sure, but how might you be a different person today? Had you not had that failure? Yeah. Very hard to know, but it was inevitable right? because I, a, <laughs> I'm a 19 year old kid that you couldn't tell me anything. Like I, I knew all, right. I know everything about you, Josh. You know, not many. I, I, I was, I, I was such a thing. So that would have probably, um, can take, you know, an ego and, you know, be, become inflated for another few years, but eventually I think the shoe would have dropped. Um, and you know, it would have been really a lot worse, right? Cause the thing that the very thing I didn't want would be, putting what I, my kids went, you know, what I went through as a child, it's putting my kids through. So I didn't have kids. So like when I lost everything, 
okay, what was me? I'd be fine. But you know, maybe I was later in life and I had kids and now they're going through that, you know, um, instability and fear when I'm kind of scrambling. So I think, you know, it, the timing was perfect for me. Yeah. You're, uh, I want to ask you about this because I know that you've been involved in the growth of a lot of companies. So obviously you get to see a lot of what's working and, and maybe obviously some of what's not working. And one area I'd love your opinion on is what do you see working well today in sales and marketing? And what would you urge leaders to be a little careful of or skeptical of when it comes to what is thought to be good advice uh, regarding sales and marketing best practices? Maybe just stuff that worked well in the past that you're seeing has really kind of lost its luster. Yeah. I mean, I think anything, and it's obviously you know, industry dependent, but, you know, after going through this whole pandemic, you know, there's more than ever this yearning for um, real touch and real experiences, right? I mean, you can, you can download music on iTunes, but now like concert sales, look at the Taylor Swift thing and people are wanting to go back to that type of thing. So anything you can do, any of you, if you're selling digital products to be able to have a physical component. Look at the adaptation of conferences, right? Conference events and now hybrid events where you you're in person or also there. There's a whole art to kind of making you feel like you're in the room. Tony Robbins does a phenomenal job at it. Grant Cardone, like where they're really inclusive and having breakout rooms. So, trying to anchor in experientially um, that level of community, right? I think we are striving and 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 yearning for that as as humans so much more than ever. Um, Paralleling that down to, you know, management and leading teams and things, you know, I think a lot of companies are struggling with getting back to work and people, especially the younger generation are wanting more remote work or that hybrid type of component. Look, it's, it's not going to change, right? I mean, unless you're Goldman and you make people go back and now look how that's kind of run off with all these write-offs or all the layoffs are doing, but embracing that. And if you have a good culture and you listen and communicate um, well, and give them access to you. One tip I did when one of the businesses we grew, um, number fourth in healthcare, Inc. 500 company, 24th out of all uh, companies in that in that year. Um, I like knowing people's names, but I'm also the worst at it. So we grew this company, it's like 150 people. And like, I had no clue. I mean, I know who management is, but I don't know a clue how these are. I'm nice to everybody. But you, you would start hearing through layers of management about like, infighting and small things between this department and that department. I'm like, some of this is just so stupid. Like why? <laughs> right. And they didn't have that. They, they feel like, even though I'm pretty social, talk to anybody, they felt because of my title in these roles that I wasn't able to be connected. So what I did is like fucking, okay, here, this is how we go. And what I did is a monthly session where um, I had my web guy come up with a, an employee only portal where it blocked IP addresses and it was completely anonymous. So you can go through and write a positive comment, a negative, a recommendation for improvement, whatever it was. You could say, you don't like my bald head, whatever. There was no things. And I would go through, get them all. You can submit them throughout the uh, um, the month. And then I would do a recorded video reading every one of them. And the first two months, there were some wonky, silly ones, but I still read them all, right? And answered, and I kind of made fun of them, whatever. But after month three, some of the commentary was amazing. Because like, is he really going to read my thing? Or, oh, what's his deal with that? Or whatever. And I read them all. If it, even if it's self-deprecating, I, I read them all like, oh, that's funny. That's what I do here or, or whatever. And then they're like, holy shit, he actually cares. 
he he really wants to wants to help. And then I would make them on the spot. Oh, I want to have a bigger break room because we're doing like cool, done. This is done, and tomorrow you'll have this piece. You take action and let your people know that you actually care about them and they are important. It's it's tough to beat that type of culture, man. And and we had a great culture there at the company. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, your website uh, is uh, is jeremydelk.com. Your book without a plan. Uh, is available. It's on Amazon right now. Um, and who who should be grabbing this? Who should be grabbing and reading this book? And and someone who could really benefit from the transformation that would take place within. Um, you know, that's a nice thing. I mean, I think it's anyone, you know, business entrepreneur. That's easy. There's so many lessons in there because I, I talk about the title, but every business I talk about in the book is still survives me, right? So it isn't like, hey, just go crazy without a plan. And I built real businesses and I did them all with not knowing exactly where we go. So it's a roadmap of me building things you can go through. You can check out all the companies that are still around. Um, I think the biggest thing that you're going to go through with this is, you know, what you're struggling with. Because sometimes, you know, we get to this level of success and we have this level of imposter syndrome, like, holy shit, I've got this pressure. And like, do I really belong here? And I think the personal side, I've gotten more comments from you know, entrepreneurs, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, anyone that's struggling with kind of what their purpose is and really kind of digging deep, that that I think has been more rewarding to me than the tactical stuff that comes back. So it's it's really uh, wide-ranging. It talks about really um, great successes, crazy stories in the Middle East and Dubai. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. Um, I think there was a, a review from someone in London that talked about like, best business book and reminded of the hangover. Um, the, the movie. So like, I mean, you get it all. So it's, it's an entertaining read, um, all true stories, but it was, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Awesome. Jeremy Delk, again, your website, jeremydelk.com. Uh, anything else aside from the book that, you know, someone's been listening to our conversation and like, yeah, I need to connect with Jeremy. And like, what is that? What would you recommend? Yeah. So I'm, I'm Jeremy S. Delk on all socials. Um, reach out LinkedIn, Instagram, um, what have you, I'll, I'll respond or my team responds. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a venture capitalist by trade. I, I love investing. So you've got new ideas. I love to invest. I do coaching, you know, all those things, but I just want to try and pay it forward and help out. I love learning. I think that's what makes me the entrepreneur I am is I love new things and, um, and learning new, new, new ideas. So, um, anything I can do you're struggling with, I could help out. I'd love to, uh, love to connect. Awesome. Jeremy Delk, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, 
seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.